Welcome to the How Great Events Happen podcast. I'm Brooke, and we're coming to you today from our respective home offices in Portland, Oregon. It's time to reconnect with your peers at the world's largest hybrid gathering of meetings, events, and hospitality professionals only at Cvent Connect. As the world moves towards recovery, Cvent Connect 2021 will usher in a new golden age of events as a fully reimagined hybrid event experience that accommodates any attendee preference, in person or virtual. Choose to join from your couch, your car, your office, or at the all new Caesars Forum, August 1st through 4th, 2021. Register now at cvent.com connect, and we'll see you there. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another installment of a sneak peek kind of behind the scenes at Cvent Connect Hybrid this year. I have three super fun, super knowledgeable people with me today. First up, Taylor Bond. We've seen you here before on the podcast. You're the event technology lead here at Cvent. What have you been up to these days, Taylor? Well, first of all, thanks for inviting me back. I was a little nervous. I wasn't going to make the cut. No, I'm just kidding, but getting geared up for all things hybrid and I'm excited to kind of bring this to fruition this year. Yeah, big job to do this year. I can't wait to talk to you a little bit more about that. We got a new face with us today, David Heiser, the professional services assistant team lead. Hey, David, how's it going? Going well, just working on Connect. Oh, surprise. Okay, cool. <laughs> we'll talk about that more later. And one of our favorites, Paulina Giusti, the senior manager of meetings and events, or as we like to call her, meetings magician. Hey, Paulina, how's it going? Hey, Brooke. Thanks so much for having me back. It's going well, keeping my head above water over here. Yeah, keeping your throat okay after you guys went to Vegas and did your onsite. Everybody came back a little bit hoarse. So it sounds yeah. like you had a good time. <laughs> Productive and good time. <laughs> yeah, that's the way we do it here at the event, right? Well, let's just jump right in. We are so excited to talk to you guys about the technology that we're using this year more than ever because it's a hybrid experience. Last year, we saw it in virtual. This year, you're pulling out all the stops. Let's just start with the question on everyone's mind, which is, what is this overall approach that you guys are taking to technology, especially when you're thinking about those shared experiences? And Paulina, why don't we start with you? Yeah, thanks, Brooke. We take a really comprehensive view. I like to think of it as like a 30,000 foot view of what the event looks like and of what are our program goals? What are our North Stars for hosting this event? And then how are those supported by way of Cvent technology and the technology to bring it to life? And so in a huge partnership with both David and Taylor, we have weekly meetings, daily meetings, almost hourly meetings together to talk through, okay, so here's a critical piece of programming. How is the technology going to support it? Is this a really functional way? Does it make sense? And then, you know, of course, if we can make it work, that sounds great. But what's the attendee's experience? And so through that partnership and by way of collaboration with both of their subject matter expertises, we're able to say, this definitely makes sense. It's going to enhance both audiences, virtual and in-person. Or we're able to say, this feels like we're forcing it. And, you know, not every piece of programming needs to be hybrid. And so we take a really candid view at how we appropriate technology to different pieces of programming across the conference. Like I mentioned before, it's a collaborative effort. It's, you know, the event design function meets the event tech function meets, honestly, what David does, the execution of all of the on-site technology and making sure that they're all speaking together. So We've been together since day one. The band is on tour and we're ready to kick it into the next year. 
Yeah, I think we were talking about you guys have like 10 Slack channels going on between you and various people. So it sounds like you've been working very closely together. And David, I'm so excited to learn more about your role in all of this, being a first-timer here on the podcast. As I understand it, you are more focused on the in-person technology. Is that right? In-person and some of the, the virtual aspect, streaming and whatnot, and app and, and attendee hub. Okay, so you got your hands in everything. But when talking about in-person technology, what are you using specifically for that experience? For check-in, we're doing contactless check-in and batch printing. For batch printing, we're actually doing RFID and NFC encoding. We're using passive RFID and NFC tap-and-goes to track all of our attendance. We're not doing any hand scanning this year just to make everyone more comfortable. We've got app downloads for lead capture on the show floor and Innovation Pavilion. We've got Encore managing stream stages where we're streaming out to the attendee hub and our virtual audience. And then Encore is also making a lot of our on-site sessions available for on-demand later on. So they're recording everything locally and we might not be streaming it, but it'll be made available for audience members virtually. So just a few things. Some of those sound really, really cool. The tap and go, the passive tracking. I mean, that sounds like it really fits with the sort of new world we live in where everyone's very concerned about keeping space and things like that. It's exciting to, to knock off the rust and the things we know and then deploying the new things that we've been you know, working on for a while. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so what about virtual? What kind of virtual technology are we using, Taylor? Oh, this is the fun. And honestly, I think hearing hearing David kind of go through all the pieces for the in-person, it's obviously, we're calling, you know, two different experiences, one event, but it is so true. We kind of need to consider that across the board. We still need those same data points for the virtual audience and the in-person audience. We still want all that reporting and all that good stuff to come out of the tool. So we had to consider that. So having that partnership with David has been critical, but we are pretty much using all of the things as part of the CMET platform. Obviously, for selfishly to enhance the experience of our attendees and our exhibitors, our speakers, and of course, our planning team. But we also want to be showcasing our products. That's one of the goals of this event is to kind of showcase and let planners, speakers, et cetera, kind of get their hands in our tool. So we are using Flex registration. And I'm hoping everyone who's listening has gone ahead and registered. And then for the in-person experience, we're using Passkey to book and manage your hotel rooms. We're using the appointments tool. We're obviously using the attendee hub and the mobile app for the on-site folks. Cement video conferencing, gosh, you name it, we're using it. The exhibitor resource center and the speaker resource center. And then kind of making sure that that all aligns and comes together to deliver that, that data that we're looking for. So we're using all of our reporting tools across, across the board. So we're pretty much using everything. And obviously, we have a lot of involvement from different folks. But making sure that there is consistency across those products, making sure that the experience for our speakers is streamlined and consistent and ultimately getting that ROI. And just to add a little on there, because you know these two are being shy, I feel like with all the, the tech that they're managing, they're kind of grouping it together. But as we're making these decisions and understanding what to use, they're also staying in lockstep with new tech coming out on a daily, weekly basis. And so both of them are on the front lines with product management, understanding, hey, this is going to be released. You know, Are we going to be able to leverage this in real time for the in-person or for the virtual audiences? So it's just a different layer or lens that these two are working through as we start to formulate what technology we're leveraging. 
And I think that's so true too, for obviously us, we have a little bit of a closer hand with the new features and functionality that's coming out. But for those of you that are in the same position as us working with potentially even a new tool altogether, if you're newer to Cvent, but working with the attendee hub as a platform is, is new for all of us. And we went through it with virtual and now we're going through it with hybrid and it is a new experience for all of us. So a lot of it is trial and error. A lot of it is scoping and making sure like Paulina mentioned that whatever the outcome you're looking for is being achieved. Don't let the tech kind of rule the scope, but at the same time, making sure that you are using what you have available to you, but keeping those goals in mind. Yeah, definitely important. Not using tech for just tech's sake, but really to help you reach your goals. And what I think is so interesting too, is like, Two years ago, we did in-person, nailed it, right? Like it was a great experience. Last year, we did virtual, but this year it's this connected experience of the two. How are you creating that connection, especially when you're thinking about the technology? I think it starts with kind of what I was saying before. You know, we don't want to force these experiences. We we know some things are traditionally in-person and some things are better suited virtually. But whenever there's this organic overlap, that's where I think we strike gold. And it's the opportunity of leveraging engagement features, really. That's where the synergy is. And that's the Q&A in the mobile app, Q&A on your desktop while you're an attendee hub. It's the chat functionality as a virtual attendee. It's polling. It's leveraging a collaborative session. And so we're trying to find these really organic intersections that make sense in the programming and not saying, okay, how do we make the virtual attendees feel like they're in the room? You know, it's okay to kind of say, I'm not in the room, but I'm still getting the benefits. And that is by way of camera angles or really cool lower thirds or backgrounds. So we're doing our part to make sure that we're keeping both audiences top of mind, whether it's like we said, the tech and the engagement pieces, if it's the content, if it's the production elements. And, you know, we've been pretty specific about what each experience includes. And we want that in-person experience to have access to everything. So you get to experience it all firsthand in person. And then when you get back home, you're like, oh, I kind of want to hit back on that session, watch it on demand. If you are unsure about the experience, if you can't make it with us on site, You've got a premium offering. You get access to all of the great general sessions. You get to network with your virtual premium peers. And you obviously have access to all content on demand. If you're kind of like, you know what? I'm here for a couple key pieces. I'm still not sure if Cvent Connect is, is the experience for me. We've got the free, free experience and you can always upgrade, but you have access to all of that critical educational content that we think is really important. And so... Being really intentional about what our offering is and kind of, I don't want to say sticking to our guns, but we have a fair amount of agility, but we also want to be sure that the experience that we've designed is intentional and for the right people. And so that's how we're sort of casting the net and making it feel very connected without feeling forced. Yeah. I think one other thing that, Paulina, you mentioned this a a few weeks ago in one of our meetings, but also creating that like FOMO about the in-person, Cvent preaches this all day, every day is in-person events are where connections happen. It's We're all missing that right now. So yes, we're obviously executing in the virtual space to kind of broaden that scope and get the word out there. But we want people to want to come on site in person to these events too. So making it kind of like a, oh, I, I, want, I don't want to miss out on that one piece of the in-person event. Yes, you can access X, Y, and Z virtually and get content, networking, all that good stuff. But there is definitely that piece of the puzzle that is missing that in-person piece. So it's definitely straddling the line, I think. But being intentional about it is so true. 
Yes, absolutely. So a lot of great information for everyone that's listening. You guys are really a wealth of information when it comes to technology. I want to distill it down to three takeaways, which I know can be sometimes the hardest question of the day, but let's try. Three takeaways you've had when you're managing the event tech strategy. What do you got? From the event design perspective, I think you have to consistently be audience-centric and you really don't want to sub-optimize either audience. So going into decision-making with event tech, assume that you want to appease both audiences as equally as possible. I think number two would be contingency plans, contingency plans, contingency plans. And, and David's smiling because, you know, we've had a couple calls already just going over the various types of production and the two to three contingency plans we have per type of production. You know, we're looking at 24 different types of contingency plans here just to give everyone a sense of what we're, we're working with, but you can never over-prepare. And the last thing you want to do is lose out an opportunity for content, hitting that broad reach that virtual really affords us or making a speaker feel like they missed out on their great shot. So having these contingency plans solves for a lot of heartburn. And I just feel like the earlier you start, the better prepared you are, the less contingency plans you'll actually probably need to leverage. And then the third one, which is kind of tied to number one, but it's stick with your goals. I think there's value in being agile and flexible as things and scope modify, but don't change your conference goals to accommodate technology, right? Like we have these North Stars that are the purposes are of our event. And whether your you know, purpose of your conference is to grow your membership base or just have a, a socially great time, or if it's sponsorship and exhibitor revenue, those need to be your North Stars. And if the tech that you currently have employed or you're sourcing can't support it, you need to find an alternate solution or start to get creative. And I think that's one of the things, having done the in-person experience so many years consistently and successfully, and then having done virtual last year and having all of that those learnings, pairing those two events together have really informed what our goals are for this event. And we've really stuck to it. And I think it's been impactful in how we've laid out our event tech strategy and the course of the event itself. Paulina, you hit the nail on the head. The three I would add, one that I always like to throw in as a takeaway is kind of just to have, I even hate to say this because people just lash out, just have fun with with the tech. There is a lot of, there's a lot of really cool tools out there. There's a lot of really cool features. And I think, yes, obviously sticking to the goals of the event and keeping in mind like backup plans and all of this, every, things can happen, right? We're doing a podcast right now. And if there's internet issues, that's what you deal with. So take risks and see kind of what works and what doesn't. Every organization is trying this out for the first time. Think of when the lockdown and the pandemic had just started. Virtual happy hours were like unheard of. And then everyone's doing them. And we kind of phased those out. Then we're going into some of these hybrid things. So try things out. See what works for your audience and what doesn't. But be flexible in that sense. Don't go overboard. Don't go crazy. But I would say try to kind of add some new things and, and jazz it up. Don't just do the run-of-the-mill event. I think that's one thing that we sometimes get caught in the in the midst or like we just have to do X, Y, and Z. And then it's like, okay, we still need to actually think outside the box and provide some really exciting opportunities for our attendees. I know on the tech side, it's easy to get locked into that that grid of sort of getting stuff done, which is why it's really exciting to partner with 
Paulina and other folks on the event design side to really think of those really creative and engaging ideas. So obviously we execute off of those based off the technology we have in place, but that's one takeaway I would add to the list. Yeah, Taylor, I completely agree with you. I love getting those insights from you. And David, you have anything that you would add to those takeaways? I don't think I can add on anything that they said. They, they covered pretty much everything. Pretty thorough, right? I'm actually interested to dig in a little bit more because from this technology side, we have seen so many changes over the last, let's call it 18 months. What are some of those tech changes that you've seen in the last year, let's say since the pandemic started? I have to imagine it's a lot, right? Yeah, the, I mean, the industry changed overnight. The job changed overnight. I've told a couple of people before, if you'd asked me 18 months ago, if I'd be a producer, I'd, I think that you're on something like, no, I'm not a producer. I would never be a producer. And, and here we are. But you know, on the cusp of an industry change, how often do you get to be a part of that? And it's crazy and exciting and stressful all at the same time. But professional services, you know, we were pretty much exclusively virtual last year. I helped out with the first client attendee hub event, and it was a lot of fun. We all jumped in, and I mean, we had to touch aspects that we've never really touched in an event where we'd be exclusively on site with all of our our product and tech offerings. And now it's. I'm helping train speakers and exhibitors and oh my gosh, speaker wrangling is crazy. I never you know, envisioned that aspect of event planning. It's really been a wild ride to see all the other aspects of event where I've kind of been tunnel vision historically. And now it's just you know the products that professional services that we manage touches every aspect of the event. So I'm excited to take what we have known with onsite and what we have learned with virtual and throw it all at the same canvas for Connect. It's a lot of planning. It's a lot of fun knocking off the rust of the onsite aspect, but it's been a great experience. Yeah, how cool. I tried to explain to my mom the other day what I do for a living and failed miserably. I know it's always been hard for event planners and marketers and technologists to do that. I have to imagine it's harder than ever these days because your job has just changed so much. You're a producer now. Like, How cool is that? And all of that, I'm sure, comes with its challenges too. So I want to get some dirt from you guys. What are some of those top technology challenges that you faced? Showing up to work every day. Not <laughs> good one, good one. It's easier when you just have to roll out of bed and walk down that's, the hall, right? That's true, that's true. Sometimes <laughs> yeah. there's like some laundry on the stairs, there's a traffic jam, the cat, yeah. you never know. No, I think realistically, the easy answer is that it's new technology and a lot of people are trying to do the same thing all at once. So there's a lot of competition out there. There's a lot of, I know this concept of Zoom fatigue is very real. The last thing I want to do as someone who executes events is go to an event. So I think it's really important to make the experience something that's unique and something that is not going to be found elsewhere. Obviously, the tech itself working and testing and all of that. David and I get our hands on features before customers do pretty much weekly at this point with all the things that are coming out, which is obviously so exciting and a really cool opportunity, but obviously presents its own fears and worries when it comes to executing on it for an event. But I think overall, it's a fun and challenging place to be. David, I'm curious to hear what your challenges have been. Well, one pitch that I've always told my clients that my number one job as a project manager is risk mitigation. You know, you can have a great plan, but if it if it goes to hell, what do you do? So what Paulina said earlier, it's contingency plan, contingency plan. I mean, we had a call earlier. We're like, all right, scenario one. If this happens, we do this scenario 1B <laughs> and it just kept going. And so the biggest challenge is 
trying to anticipate all the failure points of a new product of a new thing that we haven't done before where it's on site like okay i know i know where things could go wrong but with hybrid you know there's new connection points and everything and, and we're, we're still doing hybrid events but i think this one's just a little different for me and so just trying to anticipate and being able to pivot at a moment's notice that's been challenging. Same game, but just at a, at a different scale, I guess. Yeah. And we know with all challenges, there's always opportunities, right? So what are some of those opportunities that you've uncovered? I touched on this a little bit earlier, but I think the opportunity to come up with those really cool experiences and FOMO-worthy experiences for our audience is really cool. And it's a really exciting place to be because there's a lot of trust that gets kind of put in our hands as the event itself, putting on this event, we get a lot of eyes on our event, on what tech we're using. Obviously, we're doing this podcast for a reason to kind of bring some light to what we're doing. So it's an opportunity to have visibility out there and start trends, really, if you think about it that way. Obviously, from the tech side, it's how did you set up your event? How did you showcase this? What was, you know, it, it's things like that. So it is definitely the land of opportunities right now, for sure. And I think being willing to take those risks is important, for sure. I love that. You guys are trendsetters. I agree with that. David, anything to add? It's fun to talk about with Connect, some of these ideas maybe I wouldn't pitch to a client. So with us, we can kind of be riskier and, and do things that maybe I wouldn't want to do with a client's event. But now that it's ours, maybe we can, we can take the risk and see if this deployment will work and whatnot with our product. So... To me, it's really excited to go on site with the hardware and try different ways to see if it works and opens up new opportunities. Yeah. And as an attendee, so to speak, it's so cool to see you guys trying all these new things. Really is an inspirational event. I would say if you're a meeting planner, if you're a marketer, if you're a technologist, you and your entire team should be attending this event, if for no other reason, but just to see how you guys pulled it off and gain some inspiration and takeaways for the next event you're planning. So that's my shameless plug, cventconnects.com. You can sign up and there are, you can go in person. If you can't make it to Vegas, you can certainly sign up and join virtually as well. Any last thoughts, you guys? Any last pieces of advice that you'd want to give? Yeah, I think like we said, it's uncharted territory. It is a really exciting space to be in. And I think what's important is to ask the questions. And if you're unsure of things, ask the questions to your constituents, your attendees, and pull them ahead of time and find out what's important for them and where maybe certain challenges lie. So if you have an audience that's clearly Zoom fatigued, maybe think about what are the alternatives to Zoom networking opportunities? Is chat really something that people might embrace more? And so I think making sure that you're being upfront with yourself about asking your attendees what they're looking for and having a good pulse on what they want will help you in your planning process. And if you ever have questions, you can always reach out to myself or Taylor or David. I'm volunteering them, but I've had some great phone calls with some of our customers just kind of having a real talk conversation and saying, this is where we started and this is where we are and we're all doing it at the same time. Yeah. I can't wait to follow up with you guys after the event and see how it all went. But until then, thank you so much, Taylor, David, Paulina. I'll let you get back to your hundreds of Slack channels and planning meetings. But thank you so much for taking a little bit of time to let us know what's going on on the technology front. Thanks thank for having you. us.